This is a podcast about time. The time it takes to become an artisan. Heritage. Saving to buy something you keep forever. Sustainability. Memories attached to clothing that you've loved and lived in. Interiors. And the longevity of friendship. To us, the true definition of luxury. I'm Lynn Coleman. Join me and my friend Jill Brown as we chat about what makes vintage so special. Welcome to A Guide to Luxury, Season 2. The City of Discovery is one of our nation's unsung heroes. Known to all that know her as the city built on the three J's, jam, jute and journalism. This unpresuming place puts the great into Britain. Beautiful reminders of its industrial past dot the landscape as old factory houses, new identities from clothes stores to quirky accommodation. Its school of fine art is globally respected, but seldom shouted about, and Dundee United FC have, in my humble opinion, the best shade of football strip in the whole of the SPL. This tiny city has made a massive impact on how we live today through manufacturing, media and expeditions. Dundee proves size means nothing. It's all about how you use it. Vintage is sporadic here, with some shops open for a couple of days either side of the weekend, but that all adds to Dundee's air of quirkiness, or as I see it, its artistic flair. In the 60s, Andy Warhol did for art what the Beatles did for music, turned it into popular culture. He bounced from cheap factory to cheap factory in Manhattan, churning out iconic images that we see all around us on a daily basis. The factory became just as important as the artist himself. It was the heartbeat of his movement. When you trundle around Dundee, you get the same sense, as though the industrial soul of the city is rubbed off on its people, making it quite unlike any other place in the UK. Much like Warhol's Velvet Underground, Dundee has a creative subculture that thrives off its great art institutions. True, it's still a little rough around the edges, but that's what makes it interesting. I'm the kind of girl that likes chunks in her peanut butter and pulp in her orange juice. The rougher, the better. And that applies to my second hand. Dundee is the vintage of pulp. Delicious. So you went to uni not far from Dundee. And I'm going to throw you straight into the lion's den today, Miss Gillian Brown. Because what did you used to do? So yeah, when I went to St Andrews, which we all know, I'm very proud of. Where did uh, you go? I went to the University of St Andrews. Did I don't you? know if I've mentioned that. <laughs> um, and when I went there... All the pubs shut at midnight. There was there was no dancing or anything like that. So what would happen is on a Wednesday night at the Vic pub, where I actually coincidentally worked, you would go and you'd buy your band, your little wristband to go to Dundee and you'd get on the bus to Dundee by midnight, half past midnight, pissed. No, maybe it was earlier than that. And then you'd arrive in Dundee about half an hour later, having crossed the beautiful Tay Bridge. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was... You went to Fat Sam's and you skipped the queue. <laughs> this is outrageous, Jill. So there'd be a queue outside the nightclub and this bus of toffs, for want of a better word, would teeter in their high heels off their minibus and go straight into the club. I'm appalled. I mean, I mean worse. 
men in boat shoes, chinos and shirts, oh. like, and scandies in red jeans. And yeah, there was no denying. I think probably women probably could have got away with it, most of them. But it was the men that gave us away, I think, probably. How but, yeah, you how never, appalling. How you never got scalped is beyond me. Well, I know. Exactly. Exactly. Do you but know why? Just... Do you know why? Because Dundee is a cracking laugh. That's why. You know? It gets this rough reputation, but actually everybody's just friendly and brilliant and up for banter. So, yeah. that's That was probably why you were safe. Exactly. But very identifiable as, as the St Andrews students with like a gl- blue or orange or green glowing wristband on being like, we're not from here. <laughs> the thing that's really interesting about Dundee is that for years and years and years, it was it was churning out. You know, I'm talking about centuries centuries ago. It was churning out world class manufacturing, world class journalism, and jam. That's what it was famous for. Uh, you know, we we still see it with the Beano today, and things that it has achieved from a small radius of of space is is pretty unbelievable. And then, you know, I wrote I wrote those pages 10 years ago and the stores that um, I'd written about are no longer there. But what has happened in 10 years is an incredible resurgence. The V&A is up there. That building is unbelievable. Hayley Scanlon is there and we'll be talking to her very, very shortly. I'm, I'm super excited to introduce you to her, Jill, because you're going to love her. Um, and people probably will know of her from being on Next in Fashion, which was the Alexa Chung um, fashion show that was out last year. And she's just brilliant. And I've known her for a really long time too. So she's up there. Um, Sam from Isolated Heroes, uh, which is another cool brand. Um, she's there. Jill, have, you, have I ever told you about Sam? So Sam does no, these... I don't think so. So Sam does these, like, it's, it's almost the, the best way to describe it is like, hairspray for the modern woman you know it's like sequins and loud and camp but totally wearable and totally brilliant are you looking her up i love it yeah okay well she's off she's off shopping we're only three episodes into the new series and jill brown's got her phone out internet shopping already jill brown's wishing she was getting married so she could have like a mrs whatever jacket and sequins yeah so that's yes so sam does these really really cool things these denim jackets or sequins jackets that um then you make them bespoke at the back and she's totally famous for them but she also does these awesome awesome sequin dresses um which i have a little bit of a collection of in the house but yeah the stuff is just brilliant and and they're there they manufacture from there in, in I can't remember what the name of the factory is, but the factory building is bloody brilliant. And Haley used to be in there. I don't know if she's still in there because she's got the shop on the Perth Road now, um, but she certainly had a studio in there too. And this building is like this little creative hub of, and it's it's a huge, it's a huge, oh, she's she's found something. What have you found? It's like a sort of rainbow spectrum glitter wrap dress. It's great. Just having heard you just talk about Andy Warhol, it just makes me scream Studio 54. The reason that I put that Andy Warhol analogy into that is that New York and Dundee, when you say those two words together, you think, what are you talking about? They shouldn't be in the same breath. But there absolutely is a gritty bit of synergy in that industrial resurgence in Manhattan that happened in the 60s that you know you see in Mad Men that you know it was a scary place and it was a a vibrant place and there was 
expensive um, things there and there were really poor things there and Dundee has that in abundance there's you know there's a lot of wealth and there's a lot of poverty and it collides in this cultural um, mashup that gives you the spearhead that is the V&A right now you know it gives you this lovely juxtaposition of of difference and and excitement and do you know what rainbow sequins that's just what it gives you it's great I just I just think you could you know the as as we all know from other episodes of the uh, podcast I have extraordinarily expensive taste and it's not even deliberate it kind of is accidental but the price point is really reasonable that you could buy sort of local support local this amazing designer out of Dundee and it's all made in-house she has a team in-house it's all made in Scotland it's all made in Dundee so yeah it's it's brilliant I want this for when we're allowed to go out wherever we go that's what I will buy to wear whenever we get to go somewhere that is not your house or my house. Sam, I've just sold you a dress. You can thank it's me. It's amazing. <laughs> no, I love it. It's, it's great, so good. It? Yeah, good girl. And also there, there is an amazing um, woman called Jane Gowan. And Jane used to have a jewellery business and then she went off and she had her babies and she's actually just come out of the other end of that and she set up a kind of more affordable line. And Jane was based out of Dundee too. I think she lives in Fife or, you know, somewhere around the, the periphery, but I think she still goes in and out of Dundee. Her stuff is called We Are Paper People and it's that lovely little kind of really fine gold jewellery that's wearable for every day. And that comes out of there too. And, and and that's what it is. There's, you know, there's an art school there. There is the gaming industry that's come out of there just now. And then there's all the old heritage of the journalism of, it's just it's so, so incredibly eclectic up there. And they have a wicked sense of humour and they really, really know how to party as well, you know. Well, indeed. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this jewellery. Oh, you are you shopping again? We're, we're at work right now, sweetheart. <laughs> But it's okay because I, I'm excluded from this jewellery because it's jewellery for busy mums. Oh, 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 have you got a bee in your bonnet about something? Let me look. What's going on? I mean, I think it should just be jewellery for busy people or busy women, no? I just, uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Maybe that's just me being a bit sensitive. Maybe uh, Jane is saying that she is a busy mum herself, but also, yeah, I don't think she's trying to exclude you. I think that you would be allowed to purchase but or or maybe she should change her handle to um, busy dog mums. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. It's really beautiful and really fine and pretty. I love the the little rainbow earrings. They're gorgeous. Well, it's good, but that but that's the point that, it, that so the, there's this there's this wealth of creativity that looks so different from you know what I've just shown you there is so different from what Sam does. It's so different to what Haley does. But yet they're all in this small city. Mm-hmm. creating this incredible stuff on a worldwide stage and I, I, yeah so Dundee is Dundee is incredible to me and Haley's going to take our hands and guide us through she's going to be our tour guide for this episode and we'll hand over to her and she'll tell us about you know the best places to drink and the best places to eat and the best places to shop and all that kind of stuff I went up to Dundee two autumns ago because obviously last year was a total write-off, just so that we could go to the, to the V&A with the kids. And we stayed in the Malmaison, and that was a, a whole heap of crazy, because the fire alarm went off with three children. I know, it was a nightmare. But 
the kids absolutely loved it. And then we did a wee quick day trip, 30 minutes up the road and, and went to the beach at St Andrews. And that's the great thing about Dundee. You are right on the water there and you can be in some incredible beaches in minutes. Well, we were really close there when we went to Lindor's as well. We didn't really actually realised how close we were we until we sort of stood on that beautiful glass in um, the still room with the glass and we realised we could see the Tay. Yeah. It's 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 a fantastic part of um, British history. And you know what you're saying about the Beano? I did a project at work a couple of years ago and the Beano is actually a really extraordinary publication. I know, like yeah. Extraordinary. And it's been going for a really long time. And what they have with the Beano is um, what uh, DC Thompson do, who are the publishers, as they have this conversation with their readers. So it used to be that they had sort of, a, not a focus group, but sort of they, they've always consulted with with children. They've always had like a group of children throughout the generations that they consult with. And that's what, and they've always built in, you can track history through the Beano. So, for example, during the war, Mussolini and Hitler appeared in the Beano because it's a way of normalising and explaining things to children. But they've got this incredible, you can track history and what's going on. And the most brilliant, so now what they do is they Skype with children. Really? They've got this sort of focus group and they Skype and chat away. So the most recent example of this was, oh, it must be two or three years ago now, they sent Joseph Rees-Mogg a cease and desist <gasps> because a lot of their a lot of their, their focus group children had said, Wal- Walter the Wimp looks just like Joseph Rees-Mogg. So the company sent him an actual cease and desist from their <laughs> lawyer saying, you're ripping off our... Our character. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Isn't that so they, they work with the children, they represent the children, they and and have done for hundreds of years. And that's like my goodness, how incredible is that? Yeah, yeah. And they have they have brilliant publications, like really brilliant publications. Sunday Post is, you know, the circulation of that is incredible for modern day newspapers. Because exactly what you've said, they understand who they are talking to and they understand their customers. They do not patronize them. And that's, you know, you know, and, and when you think about journalism and, and how it has changed, particularly you and I coming into this business and coming out the other side, you know, right now you're in the middle of the big question and you see that better than anybody else. You know, you're, you're delivering this incredible TV show once a week but then you'd get to take a break from it. But people like DC Thompson have to every single week deliver 52 weeks out of the year. And they do. And the customer clearly enjoys that and picks it up. But yeah, you're you're at the coalface of this. So you understand that more than anybody right now. I think what's quite interesting as well is with, with the, the sort of journalism side. I think if you said to anybody, where do you think the home of journalism in Scotland is? They would say... Edinburgh. I think if you were looking from the outside, you'd just mm. pick a big city. You'd okay. just say it would be Edinburgh or Glasgow. But if it resolutely is Dundee. It absolutely is. But I just think that that probably, you know, what you're saying in the book is it, it's its small size belies its impact in a number of huge things. It was central for the whaling industry. It was central for Duke. The discovery being there, yeah. you know, I like it. We, what we have done is just, in fact, I, I should probably 
find this picture because I saw it the other day. A friend of mine took it. Um, I have a ton of photographer friends that work with, you know, as photojournalists. So they work for the papers. And one of my photojournalist friends had taken this picture of the discovery, which, you know, which is which is uh, birthed basically at the V&A. And so it was a really, really frosty night. And there was snow on the ground and snow on the wooden um, slats of the tall ship. And it's it's twinning the wooden slats of the V&A, but the, the way that the, the architecture is, is made. And when you look at this picture, you get, I'm getting shivers now just talking about it. When you look at this picture, it absolutely resonates with how incredible that place is that, you know, it went to the Arctic and, and found, discovered these incredible things and now sits back here as a museum piece beside a museum that was gifted to us because it it was worthy, you know, because Dundee was worthy of being the home of such incredible artefacts. And yeah, the, the picture is just so beautiful. And I, to, and I will I will dig it out and I'll, I'll put it up on the on the website so you can see it's just gorgeous. It's fascinating, isn't it? I think it's so easy if you live in the central belt of Scotland or you only know the central belt or if you come to Scotland, inevitably what will happen is, and this is why it's so fantastic that we've got Haley, and we're going to tell you what you should do in Dundee. But, you know, I think there's a real danger that you would just come to Edinburgh and that's a, you tick the box, I've seen Scotland. I think Edinburgh is the natural city break. Even Glasgow, for some reason, plays second fiddle to that. But if you get up out of the Central Bell and go to Dundee, and as you say, you could do Dundee and St Andrews, which I would obviously highly recommend. As I may have mentioned, I went there. <laughs> um, it is, hands down, probably the best beach in the country. I'm going to really, really nail my flag to a mast there and say, like, West Sands and St Andrews is a pretty spectacular beach. Your bum is a plum. It is not the best. You, you have really happy memories of your time there, and I get that. But, bitch, please, that is not the best beach that we have to offer. We have... Get yourself up to the Western Isles. Get yourself to the wee nooks and the and the crannies up in the um up at the top of Aberdeen. They're beautiful up there. Well, that is true. And Malig on the west coast is gorgeous. Yeah. But I would argue my my part of my decision making for West Sands being the best is it's also much more accessible. So you don't have to get on sixteen ferries to get to okay. it. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, well, Porty yeah. Porty would give you a run for your money. I've got a lovely little Portobello Beach. Don't you make a face at my beloved Portobello Beach. How dare you? And there's a little bit of rose-tinted glasses there on that front. Yeah, no, there totally is. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you could make a base in Dundee for four or five days and get up to Perth as well and get a good look around Perth. You could... Um, and in summertime, remember the bounty that is raspberries, strawberries, all of our soft fruits. So if you come in the summer when you can go and pick from the farms, Oh my God, a better tasting fruit you will never find on the planet. They're just raspberries and strawberries that come from Angus and Perth are the, are the literally the best in the world. And you know what we should do if it's allowed in the summer is Fife now has its own zoo. Does it? Yeah, this amazing young couple who I met through work basically bought this rundown safari park, completely unloved. And it's it's going to be a zoo. So I think they've. When I arrived, I filmed a taster there almost exactly. I think three years ago, just now. Okay. And it was snowy, and the only animals they had were zebras. They had these zebras in the snow, oh. but they're sort of, and they're building it like a modern zoo. Um, I don't know if uh, did you go to Perth Zoo when you were in Australia? Mm, oh well, I don't know if we did. I'm probably sure we did. We went 
and we cuddled koalas and we saw kangaroos. Was that is that Perth? So, no, so Perth Zoo and Singapore Zoo are based are built on a new model. Yeah, and natural barriers yeah, and yeah. the orangutans just sort of swing through on treetops all the way around. So that's their sort of aim. Is it's a very very modern zoo and it's sort of open at the moment. They've got like a small collection of animals at the moment, a soft play, a sort of vegetarian fair trade cafe and it's lovely it's really really nice and that's that's easily probably a half hour drive from Dundee very easy to do as well we should definitely take the kids up there for that it's just a fascinating and and it's really tied in in my past and it was a different city even then it was starting to have a name for gaming and an animation when I was at university but it's definitely built on that now we used to go for Primark which is terrible but you know at the time St Andrews is unrecognisable now as it was when I went there like when I went there there was a new look in a monsoon and that was it now there's a Marks and Spencers well um here you so go exactly absolutely just making it you you name it there is there's a mac there's just all these things that you would never in a town that small so if you wanted anything if you had a ball or an event or something you had to go to dundee to shop mm-hmm. but we also would go just before the exams and buy like pajama bottoms and hoodies because that's that's all we we lived in yes a, a guide to luxury right there and actually has come full circle because all we've done in the last year is sit in hoodies and um, pajama bottoms listen don't give the game away people might think we're sitting recording this in ball gowns and lipstick i haven't actually i haven't actually told you this it was so cold in the house today this is gabriel's um gaming hoodie that i've got on it doesn't actually fit me properly wait till you see this the, the sleeves are like up here look <laughs> i've got a i've got a kind of uh, he's nine, just in case anybody needs to know. I'm wearing a nine-year-old's jumper and it does not fit. Good work. I know, thanks. Well, what we should do then is we should hand over now to the expert, shouldn't we? We've Absolutely. gassed enough, Jill. I am just about to open up my little black book to a woman who, how would I describe Haley? She is like a firecracker in your pocket. She is the person Mm -hmm. that you want on a night out because she would be dancing on the tables and buying drinks at the same time. She is a multitasker to to the core of her person. So she is by far the best dressed because (laughs) she makes all of her incredible outfits herself. It's Hayley Scanlon. Hi, Jill and hi, Len. How are you? This is very exciting. So, Jill, sorry to interrupt because I'm just going to be asking a million questions because I haven't spoken to Hayley in about, it feels like a millennium. She's just been offering in her business and I just keep battering out children and and not keeping up with anybody. But the thing that um, people might know of is next in fashion. Mm-hmm. So I need I just how the hell did that happen? So you would have seen <laughs> Haley Jill on the Netflix Next in Fashion. And you you how did you keep that secret number 1? And then number two, like well done. And yeah. then number 2, how did it happen? Yeah, it was it was yeah, so how it happened. Um so it was actually you know, see with this year and being in lockdown, you kind of you've actually missed you miss out a year. I'm I'm trying I think it was 2018, so 2 years ago I got an email on Freddie and Oscar's birthday and I just obviously I woke up and I just read the email and I was like load of nonsense just totally forgot about it 
And it was, then I got the email again and I was like, surely not. And it was like, we're a Netflix, um, I'm a Netflix casting woman. We're casting participants for the show we've got, we want to do. And I, I honestly thought it was a joke. Like I thought it was a scam. They actually sent a link to a show that they'd just done. And it was called The Final Table, which was the same production company, but it was a chef's program. So I was telling my dad about the email and he went, I know the, I know one of the chefs that was on that show. So it worked out that one of the chefs that was on the show was the head chef in my cousin's restaurant. So my dad was like, he's just been in here to get his car fixed. So my dad gave his number. It's so weird. I gave him a phone, Graham, and such a good guy. So I spoke to him on the phone and I was like, look, is this real? And he was like, yes, it's like 100% legitimate. He was like, if you've got a chance to do this, he was like, you've got to do this. He was like, it is the most amazing experience I've ever had in my life. So that was it. So I'd got back to them and then we started off with, it was this time two years ago, we started off the casting process. But obviously because I'm in Dundee and they're in LA, it was all done on Zoom. So I had this whole Zoom outfit worked out way before anybody else. So that started, but then the time difference as well, the chat, the, the Zoom chats were like at like midnight and I'd been up obviously from six, doing my whole day routine with the boys and then go to work all that so I was knackered and they were like right can you just say this again but put more energy in it and I was like oh for some reason I got casted so what they did but it was just it was just it went really quick it, it went so this was like January it started and then all of a sudden it was like right you've been chosen to come to LA in two weeks can you come and I was like Ooh. so my dad and my mum and dad were like yeah of course you're gonna go like we'll take the boys, the boys. Yeah. yeah so they did offer me to to bring the boys, but then the boys were at school. So if I'd known now we were in this situation, I bloody would have taken them because a month, yes. a month I was only there for a month. I know, I know, but it's so hard, Haley. And you would have been working the whole time. Know. You know, you would have been working and filming. So I had to leave them, but it was re- that was the hardest part because I've like, you know, if anybody's on my social media, like me and the boys are like joined at the hip. Like I'm a, obviously a single mum and I'm there, you know what it's like. You know what it's like being a mum anyway, but like we're always together. So that was really, 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 really tough. Um, and also the fact that it was like, you could be, the minimum you could be there is a week. The maximum you could be there is eight weeks. And we didn't know. It was because it's an elimination show. So that was really, really tough. Um, but I went and because I'd like, I'd done an internship in LA 2007 for a year. So I've got loads of pals there. So I wasn't scared to go like one bit. I had like, I've got like a whole another family there. So that was great. I was just really scared about like, am I going to be able to do this? Well, first of all, I may go on Netflix. Like what? The- <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over it. Like, see when I'm flicking through Netflix and I just see my face. I'm like, is this a joke? <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, there's you, mom. I'm like, what? Oh, no, it's yeah. not a joke. And I, before you, when you, when I saw you popping up, and you just saying, you know, can you do that again with with a little bit more feeling? They knew that they wanted you yeah. long before you. The, 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 you know, the, the casting yeah. process was was a foregone conclusion for you because the what you do and the clothes that you make are just bloody incredible. And actually, that transcends exactly what you've just said. There's this LA vibe mm-hmm. meets the kick you in the face grit of Dundee and it's the yeah. coolest concoction oh, so okay. there was no way that they were going to be letting that that go and I try and I try and describe that in an era it's mm-hmm. it's almost like a futuristic flapper girl you know it's yeah. that's that's what it feels like yeah. you've always kind of had that 
aesthetic of the 20s and 30s running through your work yeah but it's still being so modern yeah well that's good I like to hear that <laughs> at least I'm doing right <laughs> You totally um, did. So you were there. You went. Yeah. yeah. And so when we got there, we all got put in this hotel. It was it was just bizarre. So you you didn't know who else was going. So nobody got told who else was going. But we were all staying in this like five star hotel um, in Hollywood, and we all were arriving around about the same time. So it was like, so first of all, they asked, they told me that I could bring a partner, but my partner had to be from a different country. So everyone I've been to art school with. And like, even my previous members of staff, who I thought about bringing because they were amazing, like they were like, no, because they're born in Scotland. So that was the rules that I was under. Um, so they were like, would you be willing for us to set you up with someone? And my, like, I was thinking to myself, you know, I've got this far, like, yeah, why not? Matter, yeah. yeah. So they'd set me up with this guy called George, who was, uh, this is my original partner. And he was from South Africa. And me and him had got to know each other like over Zoom and, well, sorry, I can't even remember, Skype, whatever it was, yeah. like on the lead up. So when we got there, we met each other for the first time and and then you started to suss out who you could tell in the hotel who was there. Like, like you, you were able just to tell. You know if someone's in fashion, like you could tell by, the, and everyone was such a different character. It was like, mm-hmm. it went out their way to pick very individual people, like so you you I was spotting everybody and then I was speaking to some of them and and then what we didn't know was that they'd flown out double the amount of designers and half of us had to go home but we didn't know this before we had the show what they done was we, we got to do the sewing test um on set and we got like all we were doing like loads of takes and we got we done our wardrobe everything was ready and then we were doing the sewing test and then they like pulled me aside and then George, they put George home and they kept me and then they set me up with Julian like two days before we went two days before we started filming me and Julian got put together his partner went home my partner went home I'm a tv producer yeah. and I remember watching it Haley and yeah. thinking this doesn't feel like a level playing field no that was my immediate reaction was there's some people who have known people there for and now you've yeah. explained I understand what's happened, but it still doesn't feel particularly fair. (laughs) But I just remember watching it and being like, how come hayley has got someone that she doesn't know? And these guys have known each other for years. That doesn't make sense. I think as well, like the element of TV was obviously a huge thing. Like if we all went with like partners, it would have been boring. I think I'd done amazing. See for me, like to actually go there without my children um, work with someone that I didn't know at all. You're a, an amazing person. You were brilliant on the show. People actually real, don't realise that that's two full days' work edited into a one-hour show. You've got five minutes in that whole show to show what you've done in two days. Yeah. So there's so much edited out. It is nothing like... What you see is, I could tell you, oh, nothing like what how it was. Do you know what I mean? How has it impacted post... Honestly, see that top I wore, that pink polka dot one, that went viral. So it's actually crazy because I remember the week before it went, the show aired, I said to Jodie, who, like, my best friend, and she works for me, and I said, I wonder if I should, like, put that top up I wore. She went, Do you know what? Maybe you should. And we put it up, and I'd ordered in enough fabric. I think I'd ordered, like, 100 meters, and that went within the first couple of days. I sold out about like time and time again. It like it did not stop. The fabric went missing, but it arrived during lockdown when I had no other work. So I was able to manage it. So it was totally fine. But I mean, 
we lost count how like I remember I was packing up an order for like Ecuador I was like I didn't even know where half of them were going but it was honestly that but that's the reason I done the show because I wanted to gain exposure for the brands like some people went on there to be famous themselves but I done it purely for my brand and and that is exactly I got out of it what I intended to and and I couldn't have asked for any more. And you went all over the world, but you did not leave Dundee. Nope. Well, nope. except for when you came to do the filming. So all this happens. You're up there. You're up the road from us just now. I'm in Edinburgh. You're up in, in Dundee. And do you know what? I can imagine because Dundee being Dundee, mm-hmm. nothing has changed there. So you're, nope. you know, you're you're just battering out all these orders yep. in this place that <laughs> is beautiful, but you know, it's 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 a classic. Scottish city yeah but that's what I like about it like I'm a very normal person do you know what I mean like I think people think because if you've got a brand or you've done this or if you're on Netflix that you should now live in like New York or do you know what I mean I'm like I'll never change like I'll never move I'll never ever move I might move somewhere else but I'm never going to change the person I am and and my life is like my job's my job, but then my life is mainly my children, and and that's the most important thing. Like for me to leave and like Freddie and Oscar come first, and for them to be surrounded by we've got such a good family. Like all my, I've got four sisters, and then my mum and dad, and then their other family with their dad, and they're they've got they're they're like very lucky. I think for me to move somewhere. It would I'd be alone with two kids like what's I would just don't want to do that well you've just hit the nail on the head you yeah. have built this business mm-hmm. in in Dundee but it's global because it's online and actually you know we joke about you being pandemic ready but actually yeah. you've been preparing for this you know like the Olympics for a, yeah. for a long time you know and I suppose actually now you know we're talking about vintage and and, mm-hmm. and the vintage community that when you do invest a little bit of time into that world, mm-hmm. it can pay back dividends and, and leaning on each other virally, you know, like that is another sales floor for you. And 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 the other sales assistants within an Instagram even or a Twitter or a or whatever it is that you're putting out, mm-hmm. they are just like who a shop assistant would be on on your shop floor in in, exactly. in Dundee, you know. It's a whole. Not, it's another world, and the the possibilities are endless online. If you think about it, like the reach that you could get, especially with like Instagram, especially after being on Netflix and stuff, like people that's going to be on there forever. So even now, I'm still getting all the followers through and still getting messages about that bloody talk. It's not just a. It's not just a one weekend slot. It's like this is this is this is going to keep rolling. Do you know what I mean? So. So being prepared for it is, I've had to be prepared for it. And I'm lucky because I feel like after the show, it's definitely given me the confidence to to feel like I'm doing something right. Because being stuck in Dundee and doing it, I've never had anybody to like guide me through it or, you know, all the mentors, all the startup schemes and all the support is in London. There's nothing in Scotland and I've never had any support or help. So it's not until eight years down the line from starting my business and going through all this Netflix and all the trial and error that I do feel like I'm finally getting to where I need to be. You know, like it's kind of aligning and things are, are starting to work out. But I mean, it's been, it's been eight years. It's not like it's just happened overnight. So yeah. Yeah. And that, and that growth in that time, yeah. what, what I've seen particularly in the city too, you know, you guys got the V&A and you were part of this 
cool new Dundee and and the scene around it. You know, I've I've been up a couple of times since. There is this lovely arty creative vibe that was always there because of the art yeah. school and being so close to St Andrews. And I think a lot of people don't don't necessarily associate that, but there is a really kind of cool vibe there that that has a, a creative undertone, you know, and and now it has the ability of retaining its talent because you can be here and post to Ecuador. Well, that's it. I like. I even look at there's so many cool young people in Dundee just now, like, and that I think is amazing because it. it I hope that I have been like part of the inspiration for for younger people to know and to see that you don't need to go. Like there's there's not just me. There's so many great brands and like also artists and like jewelers. There's there's loads. And I think with having the V&A come as well, that's kind of like support to show that there is, you don't need to move to a bigger city to see, you know, to, to recognise talent that's there. But yeah, there's so many, like see all the younger kids now, like teens, early 20s, I'm like, the stuff they're doing is absolutely amazing. So mm-hmm. I like that. It's like, it's not a community where people need to work against each other. Like Dundee is very much a support network for each other. And people, I think Scotland is just like that, though. Everyone is very supportive of each other, especially in the creative industries. Mm. And there's a space for everyone. Do you know what I mean? And as long as you're respectful and of each other and you're there to support each other, like there's so much things could go a long way. You know what I mean? And I think this is just the beginning of of the kind of growth of talent and and artists and designers in Scotland. Like the more that we could show people that it's it's happen, like yeah, it's achievable you know, it's it's going to continue. So yeah, it is. It's amazing. So if nobody has is, is been to Dundee before and they wanted to do a little bit of shopping, a little bit of vintage and a little bit of lunch, mm-hmm. a little bit of cocktailing, what are, what's, what's Haley's, what's Haley's perfect day around the city? I would usually go to Mass. That's like Mexican kind of street kind of food vibe, which is really good. And the cocktails are great. That's on the Perth Road at the top so I would usually go over there about four so let's do a night out let's do a night out Haley. yes so I would go there and then you could get like your food and stuff what's the cocktail of choice oh like a lime frozen margarita and then you get oh they're so good honestly and then you get like the tacos like the fish the baja fish tacos the, the chicken like oh they're just great so you could go there and then the Speedwell Bar, that's like a proper old man's pub. And that's kind of like our local and it's brilliant. So, but it's, we call it Menes. So we could go there. And, but the Perth Road's really good because we like, my shop is kind of like halfway down the middle. And then I live just off the top of the busy part. Uh-huh. So just working your way down there is really good. There's And then there's a pub, George Orwell. That's another, that's right next to my shop. Always good music. They've always got like loads of good DJs and stuff. And then the art bar, that's right across from the art school, which is dim. And again, always loads of good DJs. The drinks are, it's not like a pure posh posh. Do you know what I mean? It's just like dim to earth. Like you could go there with your trackies on if you wanted, like... It's not, you don't need to get dolled, dolled up. I'm not really like that. You know, I'm more of a chilled out. Further down at the bottom, that's Dundee Contemporary Arts. That's the art centre. So that's got like a cinema in it and a restaurant. And then there's stuff to do for kids. So me and the boys like to go there on Saturday. I'm with the boys. I like to go there on a Saturday and meet my mum for lunch. And then the boys could like do stuff. There's an arts and crafts bit. The cinema's there. And they've got an amazing beer garden outside as well. So yeah, 
that's kind of, I'm like from the West End, so I kind of keep it to the West End. So yeah, it's good. So that's a a proper bar crawl with Hayley. Exactly. With some fish tacos thrown in. Yeah, it'll be good. You should come through when we're allowed. (laughs) Deal. (laughs) Shopping and stuff. Well, do you know what? Dundee is high street shop wise. We've kind of just saw the closure of like so much. Yeah. It's actually heartbreaking. eh? Like, so we've no top shop. We've no Zara anymore. I don't even know. I think we've got like H&M. Debenhams is about to close. It's absolutely... It's really, really sad. Yeah. Like, see, when I was wee, we used to, like, my mum would get me and my sisters dressed up. We would go, that's what you would do, go into the Tim Centre in Dundee. You would would go and see my gran at her work. We would have her lunch. That was a day out, you know, like, wandering about the shops. It's just, there's, it's like a ghost town now. So What's the, what's the charity shops like? When I, when I did the book, I found that the charity shops there were the best yeah. because the vintage, there was a small vintage scene, but actually, you get the, the stuff that you got in charity shops was incredible. And like I said, those art school kids knew it. The, the wee old grannies that are behind yeah. the teller are like, ah, oh, it's a pound. You're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mum is actually the manager of um, Cancer Research. Uh-huh. So my mum has been the manager of a charity shop for years, like for over 20 years. So... I know all the tricks of the charity shop trade. Have you ever seen Charity Shop Sue? No. <laughs> Please watch that. It's the funny, it's like a spoof, like a like a sketch of a charity shop, right? Oh. It's absolutely hilarious. You need you two will love this, right? That's so, your mum's life. Well, me and my sister say, Oh, mum's little charity shop Sue, and she's like, I am bloody not. It's hilarious. It's actually quite sick as well. Perfect, right up my street. Brilliant. But she's in Brody Ferry, so that's like that's kind of like the east side of Dundee, and it's it's kind of like a little village in itself. And it's, it's posh it's, Dundee, isn't it's it? Posh Dundee, yeah. And so you sh- you can imagine the, the stuff you get in there. So anytime my mum sees anything, she'll like put it beside, and then I'll come down and buy it. So I've I've picked up some really amazing stuff in there. I've actually got a pair of like original nineteen seventies. Eve St. Laurent shoes, they're like crocodile platforms, oh. like a leather sole. They're, act, they're actually amazing. Got a leather blazer. When you're designing, what what's the process like? Because I know a lot of designers sometimes can, you know, look at eras or they, mm-hmm. like, like you're saying, they find a, a vintage slip yeah. or a pair of or whatever. Is, is that something that, that happens to you too? Um, not really. Like, I do know that there is designers. When I worked for Jeremy Scott, that's what he would do. He would like, inspired by like vintage stuff um and there's nothing wrong with that but I always kind of start with what I would like to wear because I always think if you're not going to wear it no one like I can't put something out that I'm not going to wear well why would I do that so I start like that you need to be quite current you know like if you're designing for like now and the kind of modern women it's fast-paced and it's also like you need to have your finger on the pulse so incorporating like trends but I don't tend to follow them, but you you know, like if people, you know what people want kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's being aware of that kind of before anybody else so that you're prepared for it. But you, you I see a lot of pop cultural references yeah. in the stuff that yeah. you do. Yeah. yeah. I'm very inspired by pop culture, also by like the 1980s. But I think it's because I grew up, I was born in 1983. And then my main inspiration is like, being from my mum and my gran and like seeing how they dress and 
because they made such an effort. My mum, I me and my sister used to sit and watch my mum getting ready for a night out and be like, we were obsessed. She was so stylish and my gran was the same. And my gran used to make all her clothes and then she would make my mum's clothes. So it was just something that we've grown up around. It's just so natural. So yeah, I'm very, very inspired by like the 1980s. But then I like to kind of, I don't really want to replicate it. I want to think outside the box and how I can make it modern. So yeah, I, I do look. I do look back. I do, and I'm very. I do love the seventies as well, like the disco era, and mm-hmm. and I just love anything shiny and sparkly. I always have. So magpie. Yeah, and oh yeah, definitely. And that's the 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 joy in the design process, isn't it? Because you can, mm-hmm. even though you're doing something, everything's always informed by something that you've seen, even if you, if you even if it's in a subconscious, you know, yeah. even if it's. I don't know, an old advert. I'm a very visual person, so I think, oh, I've seen, I've just come up something and I'm like, but I've seen it before. You know, like you store things rather than like being intellectual and like being brain. It's just the same, but it's just, it's visually. Mm-hmm. So like that as well. And there's nothing really in fashion that hasn't been done before. It's, it's a circle and, and trends move around. And when I was a little girl, I remember like, oh, I've always been into fashion and my grand saying, oh, I've got... I've got them up the loft and I used to wear them. And do you know what I mean? Trends do. Like even all the younger girls and stuff now, I see like a total 90s reference. Do you know what I mean? Like my niece, she's 13 and she's wearing like stuff I wore in the 90s. And it's funny. It's just a total repeat. It is. It's a circle. And whether you think you've never seen it before, it has been done. It's just how you take the approach to change it, to make it your own. Coming back to Nixon fashion. What was it like standing next to Miss Chung and, and Tan? Yeah, like, what, does it feel surreal or you just go into work mode? And then, because then you yeah. had, they weren't mentors, but you know, like Christopher Kane came on and, you know, there were people that they inserted into it. Were you kept away from them or was it, was it part um, of that? Alexa and Tan were very much involved and they were so nice. We were all in different, they were in, had their own dressing room and we were kind of in a different area. But like when we were on set, it was it was like very real like you were in when you were filming you you got eight hours and that was it so it wasn't like you got extra time when when the cameras were off like you were in and you were in so and they were always like coming past and chatting away and they were they were really really nice do you know what Alexa's very dim to earth so it's like she's just a normal girl so you don't she doesn't give off that energy that she's a celebrity at all she's so so normal and I think, I think that's, that's part of her appeal isn't it that everybody yeah. thinks that she's just a friend and yeah, that really trans is. that comes through the, the screen she's so lovely and she's very she's genuine and she's so absolutely stunning as well so and like I absolutely love her style and I always have and it's funny when you read the comments and some of the stuff it was like Americans are just got a totally different outlook on style than than us than UK and they were like oh she's dressed like trash and I was like are you looking at women like she's absolutely flawless and she dresses amazing so it's just weird how people have a different perception about things and it's all very visual and very like it's some it's somebody's own taste uh, yeah and it's, it's not right or wrong it's just a different taste 